Hey, welcome to the Curate Leadership Podcast. In this episode, Joel and Hayden discuss what it looks like to lead with a servant heart. Thanks for tuning in. So we're here with our legendary lead pastor, Joel Milgate, who's looking very hairy right now on a rainy Thursday afternoon. And this is your Mount location pastor, Hayden. And we're talking leadership. It's good to be here. And welcome to all of our great podcast leadership listeners. It's great to have you with us. And so I want to kick off today by talking a little bit about servant leadership, what that can look like for us. And we would have heard uh, through other leadership podcasts and uh, events that we've held that ultimately when the leader gets better, the organisation gets better, the teams get better. And so today is about discovering a little bit more of what it looks like to be a servant leadership and how that can actually outplay in both a, a practical sense, but also in a uh, a state of the heart or the mind sense. And so for Joel, uh, you obviously you started uh, Curate seven years ago in, in a position that wasn't great, but one of the things that I've really admired, admired about your leadership and the way that you've gone about it is that you've looked to serve with a, uh, lead with a posture of servanthood. How, how has that uh, played out for you? Yeah, well, that's a great question, but thank you for your encouragement at the same time. Yeah, I think Jesus obviously modelled to us a type of leadership. He mm. was a leader. He mm. he led crowds. He led uh, a small team. He led a team within that team. So Jesus is our leadership example. We mm. follow after him. And he modelled a type of, even though he was the king of the world, mm. and even though he was the creator of the world, uh, you know, Philippians 2 tells us he didn't cling to his status, mm. but let go of that to come as a, not just to come as a human, but to come as a servant, it tells us. And mm. uh, so God's whole posture in revealing himself and accomplishing his purposes through humanity was through the posture of a servant, not mm. as a, even though he was a king. Yes. And even though he was sovereign and he, he, he was in control, he chose to position himself as a servant. If that's sort of how his story begins, we see that sort of near the end. That's how the story ends where with the disciples on his last night, it says knowing who he was yeah. and knowing where he was going, which means he, he was knowing what was going to be entrusted to him. He had a solid identity. He had a solid purpose. It said mm. from that he chose to um, declothe himself, not in a way of getting naked, but taking off his status robe and putting on a servant posture and he washed his disciples' feet and then said, do likewise. Mm. So... Uh, that's really our mandate, right, is to follow him. And, and Jesus s- says if we could get to a place where we're secure in ourselves mm. and we're secure in our purpose, then we'll have no problem choosing to be a servant. I, I feel like there's so much other stuff we could talk about. I mean, we could talk about how God opposes the proud, but <laughs> he gives grace to the humble. He looks to empower those who posture their hearts, not to try and be in control of everything, oh, yeah. but, to, but to be in humility, serve everything. Mm. Um, we know that Jesus said... Whoever wants to be greatest, nothing wrong with desiring to achieve great things, to mm. aspire to great things, to accomplish great things. Whoever desires that, that's not a bad desire, he says, mm. should choose to become the servant of all. Mm. And so it's sort of the higher you want to climb, the lower you need to posture yourself. Well, one of the, I guess, challenges with taking a posture of servanthood is that sometimes it could potentially feel like you're a, you're a doormat or people are using you or people are walking over you uh when you look at jesus story i guess that wasn't always the case but like how do you how do you work that tension of 
like a servant posturehood, but not living as a doormat as such? Like, how would you, how would you talk to that? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, that's a tough one. Um, but I think when we feel, uh, how would you say it? Like when we feel like we're being used as a doormat, it probably just reveals the fact that not we're not really there as a servant. Wow. You know, like if yeah. those are the feelings we're having, it's actually that we're not serving. We're hoping that what we're doing that looks like service ultimately ends in us getting what we want to get, which means we're not serving for them to receive something. We're serving for us to wow. receive something. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, mm. th- the inevitable result of being a human being is that people are going to use you for their own end. Yes. And if you posture yourself as a servant, you might get used a little bit more so <laughs> because you're making yourself available to be used. Um, but that only, I think, you know, sort of tears at our heart, becomes a hurt or becomes a pain if we're actually not really serving to serve, we're serving to get. Wow. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, if that's probably the easiest way yeah, to explain that's, it. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, you sort of spoke to it a little bit that, you know, it's, it's okay to want to be great, you know, that Jesus didn't discipline the, the disciples for having the desire to be great. However, I guess within that, there's a, there can be a great tension for anyone that wants to be great, that part of our ego or part of our pride or whatever it is can be driving some of that desire. Uh, how do you think, like as an up-and-coming leader or some of the fantastic leaders we have around Curate, like balance that tension of, I guess, that inward desire of wanting to be great but still living with that tension of being human, you know, that there's that broken part of us. Yeah, we live in a crazy time, right, where fame, celebrity, status, all of these things, and the church is by no means immune to them. In fact, those things have infected many parts of the church life, and that's not necessarily a judgment. It's just more of an observation. Mm. Uh, I think there's been research done to say that over half of millennials uh, believe they'll be famous one day. <laughs> well, that seems like a lot of famous people to keep up with. But <laughs> I guess it depends what famous is. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So clearly the, the standard's being lower. How many it, followers do you need? Yeah, <laughs> more. <laughs> but, but, you know, the, I guess that just reveals like how within our culture there's, there's such an aspiration and a desire for those things. Mm. And I think a lot of that is about like we have such um, uh, a need for validation hmm. of who we are and that we matter and that our lives matter, that we are looking for validation mm. and our world seems to tell us, well, making it, uh, you know, being followed, having lots of people watch your social media, having people know your name, that is a validation. Mm. However, when we understand, like Jesus did, my validation doesn't come from how many people turn up to hear me speak. My validation doesn't come from how many people are on my team. Uh, I'm validated because of what Jesus has already done for me. I'm mm. already a son of of the Most High God, a daughter of the Most High God. He already knows my name. He's already looking forward to welcoming me to heaven. Mm. He's already chosen to reside in me by his spirit. It's sort of like, well, I know, it's like, what else would you need? (laughs) Now, I know when we wake up in the morning, we feel like we need more, but when we come back to that place, we realize I'm already enough. I've already been validated. So Mm. I think part of leadership is remembering that. (laughs) Part of leadership is being aware of our humanity. Like you said, like, 
can we ever avoid the ego or the some of the unhealthy desires? Not necessarily. It's sort of like our brokenness grabs a heart of godly desires and can yes. make them not so helpful. Um, so being self-aware, it's like, why do I want to be great? For what purpose do I want to be? Do I want to be great to be famous? Do I want to be great because I want that position of influence to be able to do good for more amount of people? Do I want to be great because... I want people to know my name or do I want to be great because I want to make the nameless, That's great. you know, known. Yeah, or, yeah. Or it's all about mm. why you want that, I think. And uh, I think for me, like I've, ne- I've always wanted to make a great difference and then I've had mm. to wrestle with, do I need to be great to make mm. a great difference or can I make a great difference and would I be comfortable if nobody ever knew my name mm. and a book never got written about my story mm. and... And I think those are the questions we need to ask ourselves because when we're asking the question, it means there's space for God to come in and have the conversation with us. That's really good. There's a, there's a number of leaders within our community who are making great names for themselves, mm-hmm. obviously in, in many different contexts. And for, for many people, they would look at yourself and Katie and go, well, there's a couple of great leaders, you know, and, and your name's becoming more well-known around especially New Zealand and, 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 and so we have a number of people that are becoming well known or, or names are becoming great like what what things what pragmatic things do you do to keep a I guess a sincere heart to be, have a heart that's in that place of security like what what practices have you put in place yeah that's a great question because I think the reality is is if you if you are going to do something great then, you know, even Mother Teresa's name's known, even though she was got to be like the servant of all and never aspired <laughs> to be greatness, has got to yeah. be one of the most well-known names on the planet. Mm. Now, she didn't go to Calcutta so that people would know her name. No. But, mm. you know, I think we, we love to tell the stories of people who served the world. And, uh, and so we do need practices. I think I've heard the story in so many different versions, I don't know what the truth is, but I know <laughs> that when Roman, uh, like, uh, generals won great battles and they would have great parades and they would come into the city uh, one of the practices that the Roman government had was to put a servant and as the Roman general would be co- carried into the city on the back of others and on the big horses or whatever it is there would be a servant on their cart in their air as everybody cheered for their greatness and their prestige saying you're only human you will die one day or well, I've heard so many different versions of wow. whatever it was it was about bringing them back down to reality because it'd be easy to go through that crowd thinking you're more than you are. Hmm. And so the idea of that practice was to make them remember they're just human. Hmm. And I think in all of us, we need those own practices. Like Hmm. for me, it's like before I get up and speak, I remind myself it's not my talent, but it's, it's the power of God's word. Hmm. And when I get back off, most of the time, somebody like yourself or somebody else is going to, call the congregation to applaud or thank me for the message while that's happening I'm saying that same thing to myself God all of that glory goes to you because without you I couldn't have done any of it anyway so it's just Mm. those little practices of like I guess trying to not let it get in you it's good for people to thank you it's good to celebrate it's good for all of that like that's that's important part of culture but it's important that those things don't get into our heart Hmm. um, because they have the ability then to sometimes get to our head that's really really good the Often what happens is you, you find someone that takes that posture of servanthood into their leadership and uh, very quickly those people find themselves being promoted or entrusted to more. And whenever that happens, obviously there's, there's pressure and challenges and, and I guess uh, a squeeze that can tend to happen. 
uh, because there's more entrusted with those people that are serving harder than I know there's leaders that are stepping up in a whole different uh, areas, uh, a whole lot of different areas across Curate. So, like, how do you, servant leader, yep, posture towards God, it's all about serving and, and, and doing your best and, and, and having a sincere heart. How do, you, how do you deal with the pressure? Because invariably it's going to come. If you have a servant heart, sincere before God, more is going to come in your plate. There's going to be pressure. How, how do you deal with the pressure? Like what, what, what have you found? Works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a few things come to mind. The first is like it's easy to serve for a season. Hmm. It's a lot harder to serve for a life. And I think when we choose to become servants of, like ser- serving isn't I signed up for a roster or I subscribe to a team. That's not serving. That's an expression of service. Being a servant is a posture of your life. It's mm-hmm. the way you are at home. It's the way I am with Katie or not. You know, yeah. it's the way I am with my kids. It's the way I am with my staff. It's what it's how I hold myself on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's all of those things, right? And so we mm-hmm. need to understand that like, servanthood is not something we do. It's supposed to be the way we live. Very good. So every room we walk into, we don't look for what can the room give to us. We go, what can I give to this room? Hmm. Every interaction, we're supposed to be going, not what can I get from this person, but what can I give to this person? That's the nature of being a servant, right? Is hmm. that, and and sometimes we're so concerned with everybody else wondering if they know about our problems that we forget that we're not even concerned about anyone else's. So hmm. we've like walked in not as a servant. So. But then to t- keep that posture for your whole life, mm. that's the hard part, right? You mm. can muster it up for a day, a moment, a, a roster, an hour, mm. but to do it through the seasons when it's easy, when it's not, when you're noticed and appreciated and you're not. And I think that's where we need a conviction that this is not something I'm doing to get somewhere. This is something mm. I'm doing because I'm following Jesus and this is how he lived. And so if I'm doing it because I'm following Jesus, whether people appreciate me or not, whether it's leading to more or not, whether it's opening doors or not, whether I can see the difference it's making or not, I'm going to be a servant again today. Because love looks like service. Hmm. Like that's ultimate. Like we, we love to talk about these ideas. Oh, love God, love people. It's so simple. It's like, yeah, but love is defined in the scripture as treating people as you would want to be treated. And we want to be noticed we want to be helped. We want to, you know, all of these. So then we need to notice others, help others, those sorts of things. And so, um, yeah, I would say that. I would say, uh, how do you deal with the pressure? Yeah, more's going to come. We just realize you're just a servant, right? Like, it's like, I'm not in charge. I'm just a servant. Like, for us in our role, a lot of pressure. But it's not my church. It's not Katie's church. It's God's church. It's not our vision. It's an entrusted vision by God. So the future seems overwhelming. How are we going to get there? It's like, it's remembering, it's not my future to make happen. It's just today, play my part Hmm. with the people that are entrusted to me, with the strategies that are in front of me, with the systems that are in front of me, and whatever it is, depending on the role we are in life. Like, I think the more we can realize that God can be trusted with the future, but God is trusting us with today. He's not, you know, like he today, yeah. each day has enough worry. He's entrusted today with us and I'm in control of how I live today. I'm not in control of what that leads to tomorrow, but God is and he can be trusted. It's really, really good. The, just yesterday I was talking to a young guy who stepped up into a leadership role and he's got half a dozen or so people on his team and he and he just said to me, look, Hayden, I, I'm just really not sure how to lead. Like I, he, 
he said it, it feels complex. I'm not sure how to bring the best out of these people and make it happen. But you touched on servanthood. Servanthood leadership looks like love. Mm. Looks like doing your best to care for people. But like, what what would you say to some of our leaders out there in terms of servanthood leadership, leading out of a place of love or loving on your team? Like, what what are some of the things that we could be doing as leaders to better love or serve our teams? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. I think just to be clear, I think what I'm about to share works. Doesn't matter who you're leading. Mm. Uh, I don't want to say what you're leading because you're always leading a who is more important than the what. Yes. You know, so if you're leading a team, a project team at work, you're leading a people. If you're leading a sports team, whatever, you're leading a small group. It's all the same stuff. Yes, it is, yeah. And so uh, just a few little things. I think if we're going to love people and serve them, serve them in the secret place, let's pray for the people hmm. we lead. The more we can pray for them, more specifically, mm. the easier it is. If you mm. just that's a new idea to you, set an alarm on your phone for a time that works for you and it's just like, you know, you're going to spend the next five minutes praying for these six people or whatever it is. Just something real practical so you set in motion something you care about. You set up a habit and a system that makes it easier. It reminds you to do it. So mm. pray, lead in the secret place. I think the second thing is be in regular contact. Like, the enemy loves to get in the gaps. And so we know in military, God, uh, enemies break down communication lines to isolate, uh, isolate parts of the enemy so they can pick them off. Mm. That's exactly what happens in our spiritual lives. And so when we're leading people, stay in regular contact. Uh, we can, that can be text, phone calls, visiting, all of that stuff. The more communication that's meaningful, not mm. broadcast, but connection communication mm. the better because everything's built on relationships the third thing is is ask people how you can help them in their <laughs> whole life what can i do for you what do you need because you might be trying to help them be good at their job but actually what they really need is they need some help moving house this weekend and if you bring some love and service to that it might actually release something in a roundabout way somewhere else so let's just be concerned about their whole life and figure out how we can help them in their whole life that's what being a servant for them is and i think that's where jesus he comes in and heals people even though he really wants them to be saved he like meets them with the needs in their life that matter to them so that it opens a door and a rapport so he can lead them into even more meaningful things i think those are just some simple things i think yeah, that's probably enough, right? Pray, stay in contact, and uh, ask how you can help. I would, the, probably the only other thing, one of the clearest things we can do as a leader, is to, or one of the kindest things we can do is to be clear. I know you always say to be clear is to be kind. Mm. And so if we're trying to accomplish something with the team, the clearer we can be about that. That being clear to the people on our team serves them to mm. figure out what part they can play. When we're unclear, we're unkind, but when we're clear, we're kind. I think, Hayden, what we're getting at is that I think as Christians, but particularly in our flavour as curate people, doesn't matter where, where we find ourselves, we want people to recognise, man, it's like they're more concerned about me than themselves. Hmm. I think when somebody comes away with that sense, it's probably because we served and we had the posture of a servant. Hmm. And so I think the more we can like leave that taste in people's mouths in every interaction we have, it's probably a good indicator we're getting more and more like Jesus. Mm. And so I think a lot of what's stopping 
people from really being a servant is just a lack of understanding of that instruction of Jesus. If you want to be great, forget about that and just become a servant and see how I'll be able to pull greatness out of you along that way. Because uh, if it worked for Jesus, <laughs> it's going to work for us. Yeah. So thanks for joining us for this leadership podcast. Thank you, Joel, for your comments. And it's going to be incredibly helpful for all of our leaders out there. And I know that we are all appreciating what you have to share around leadership and the time you're taking to serve us mm -hmm. with that. So all the best for Sunday. Looking forward to it. And that's us. Thanks so much for listening. For more content and updates, check out curatechurch.com, follow us on social media, or download the Curate app.